Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. I'm Kevin Sidik Lim, the host of Convert Central, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Our podcast focuses on the challenges that Muslim converts face along their conversion journey to help Muslims from all backgrounds to find a strong foothold in Islam. Follow our Instagram and LinkedIn page at Convert Central, and I look forward to sharing with you all the beneficial series we plan for the year. For now, I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, this is in the week of Ramadan and we are recording the third episode of our Ramadan series. So this series is called What Doa Speaks to Me and today Alhamdulillah, we have a very, very blessed guest with us, Ustaz Iqbal. So he has been a convert for a long, long time and right now he also teaches many converts in his classes and Alhamdulillah, I'm so happy to get him on board with us today to share his convert story and his favorite doa. I will not delay and I'll pass the time to Ustaz to talk about how he came into Islam and his journey on becoming an Ustaz. Uh, Ustaz, please. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahihi wa jma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I embraced Islam some 40 years ago. It was in 1981. But my uh, journey to Islam actually began very early in life. One of the things that fascinated me very much when I was a young boy, I remember riding pillion on my father's bicycle along Ballester Road, was the adhan of the mosque, uh, the Rahimabi Mosque. And it, I was really attracted to it. In fact, I can still remember that sometimes, you know, I had that feeling at the back of, sitting at the back of the bicycle to want to jump off and then to go inside and see what's it, you know, what, what's this about? Is this the prayer? So this was actually my first, uh, shall I say, instance of interest, you know, in Islam. Then, of course, I, when, we, when I was in secondary school, uh, we studied history of religions. So, of course, history of religions included Islam. Uh, so that I, I did more than just what was in the textbook. Uh, so I started studying uh, more deeply the different religions. And uh, finally, I embarked upon Islam. I remember uh, I went with someone to Arab Street to the uh, Haji Hashim bookshop. And I bought the uh, commentary on the Quran, uh, which is in Malay, mm-hmm. uh, written by the uh, group of scholars, Nahdat uh, Ulama of Indonesia, because I, I studied Malay as a second language which was also, of course, very helpful because unlike nowadays where you have, you know, books in English and you have instruction in English, those days in 1981, it was basically all Malay. So we've come a long way. And uh, so I went, I bought the Quran and I also bought uh, what is known as Prukonan Islam. I think the book is still around, The Basics of Islam. Yeah, so I, I studied that and uh, I became, uh, what you call, attracted to Islam. So I studied Rukunan Islam and I read the Quran. And so this was uh, my, the beginning of my uh, journey, to, uh, journey to Islam. And then after I converted, I remember my first Friday prayer was at uh, Ba'alawi Mosque. Uh, somebody brought me there. He actually asked me whether I want to go to Sultan Mosque or to Ba'alawi Mosque. I actually didn't know. Sultan Mosque, of course, I knew, but Ba'alawi Mosque, I didn't know where it was. Anyway, I said, I'll go to Ba'alawi Mosque. Then what was interesting was, somebody who had known me when I was a young kid and he told me and he met me at the mosque. He didn't recognize me. He was trying to guess. He said, did I see you in the Arabic school or whatever school? Then I said, no. And finally I told him, I said, I'm so-and-so because, uh, yeah. And then he was shocked. He said, you know, I remember you were a small kid. You were about nine or 10 years old when you said that uh, one day I will become what he called a Muslim. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, I, I told you, you better be careful what you say because your father finds out, you know, he'll get very angry. 
uh, yeah, so he was very excited, and then he he introduced me to the what he called to Habib Hassan, the Imam of Ali Mos. So yeah, and we became very close, and then he gave me some books. He gave me the English commentary uh, by Abdullah Yusuf Ali, and uh, two books uh, translation in Malay of the books of Imam Al Haddad and Nasaih Al Diniyah, and uh, there's another book as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's how what he called it all. Uh, started I never looked back and then once I started learning Islam then I got uh, introduced to uh, Sheikh Umar Khatib who was one of my teachers uh, actually the introduction is a it's a very interesting story because I actually had a dream in which a well-known Ustaz Abdullah Jufri was in the dream and he was in this uh, gathering of knowledge of uh, reading these books which we used to have used on the Roha Mm-hmm. And uh, he he was sitting down, and uh, Sheikh Umar Khatib was in the uh, in the gathering, and then Sabdullah told me he said Iqbal, that is Sheikh Umar Khatib, and I'm looking at him, and then his face is like, oh, extremely radiant, and gets more radiant till I can't even look at it. Then he starts talking about him, praising him, and he's a learned man, and so on, and so forth, you know, all his virtues. Mm-hmm. So that was a dream. So what happened was. Uh, uh, in the morning, you know, uh, I used to cycle because I was at a Belmoral Road. And so Baalwi was not far. I used to cycle to do my subo prayer there. Right. And so that day, I, when I went to, uh, to perform my subo prayer, it so happened that the Habib Hassan was there. And so after subo prayer was over, normally we'll go to the back, have some breakfast. And I told him, I said, I had a dream and this is my dream. So he said, do you want to uh, go and see him? He said, let's go. So, okay, okay, we went. So we went without breakfast. We went early in the morning, seven o'clock. We were there. And at that time, Sheikh Umar was staying at the Lorong Mazuki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was my first uh, introduction to uh, Sheikh Umar Khatib. Uh, then I started attending classes. But because I was working at that time, it was a shift job. Uh, I was very disillusioned because, you know, you attend a class, you miss two, you can't make any headway. Right. So I said to myself, no, I, I, I must uh, learn Islam. I want to learn Arabic. Actually, this fascination with Arabic was from the very first time when I picked up uh, that Quran which I bought, which was in Malay, right. uh, which I told you. And I read it. And uh, actually, when I read it two or three pages, uh, I said, no, this is different from anything else which I've read. And uh, I, I took wudu, actually. Hmm. Then I said to myself, no, this book is in Arabic. I've got to learn Arabic. And I began... Uh, with a lingophone, I remember, you know, I saved $350. There's a lot of money for me, mm-hmm. especially at that time. And I saved it and I bought lingophone. I started my Arabic instruction with lingophone. Uh, anyway, so, uh, I mean, I could not, you know, be regular in the classes. So I said, no, I, I, I have to travel uh, to learn Islam. I want to learn Islam. Right. And the mot- my motivation was, I said that, well, I'm the only one in the family who's a, who's a Muslim. And so, you know, if I, later on, if I settle on, have a family, uh, I would like to be uh, the person who is able to guide my, my children because they'll be amongst, you know, people who are not instructed in Islam. So I want to be the, yeah. So that was my motivation. My motivation was never to be a religious teacher. Right. Yeah, it was only for my own self-fulfillment and also to uh, fulfill my responsibilities towards my family, towards my children and so on. So finally, I applied to the International Islamic University and I made my way to, to Islamabad. So that's where my journey started. Later, I went to Egypt and so on. Yeah, so this is uh, briefly my convert story. It's a long story, but I think, yeah. Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for sharing with us, Ustaz. Uh, we really hope that we get a chance to bring you up again to share the full story. Uh, but Alhamdulillah, we are shortened by time today. So 
you know, my only thing that I can say is that, you know, you people like you really inspire us as converts. And I, I pray that more of us, uh, you know, follow in your footsteps and, you know, with the right intentions, start contributing back to the community. So um, we are going to start by talking about your favorite du'a. So maybe you can share with us uh, your favorite du'a. Uh, we are going to get you to recite it three times and then uh, inshallah so that our uh, listeners can also know how to recite it. And inshallah, I will read out the English translation of the du'a. So I will start speaking. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afiyata fid dunya wal akhirah. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afwa wal afiyata fi dini wa dunyaya wa ahli wa mali. Allahumma inni أسألك العافية في الدنيا والآخرة اللهم إني أسألك العفو والعافية في ديني ودنياي وأهلي ومالي اللهم إني أسألك العافية في الدنيا والآخرة اللهم إني أسألك العفو والعافية في ديني ودنياي وأهلي ومالي. الحمد لله. Thank you, Ustaz. The English translation of the du'a is. Oh Allah, I ask you for well-being yes. in this world and in the hereafter. Oh Allah, I ask you for pardon and well-being in my religion, my world, my family, and my wealth. الحمد لله. Thank you for sharing with us the translation as well, Ustaz. Um, so maybe you could share with us a little bit about the background of this du'a, the meaning of it, and uh, just unpack the du'a for us a little bit. Yeah, the uh, uh, significance of this du'a or the background of it is that the Prophet's uncle, Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib, uh, he came to the Prophet wasallam, asking him to teach him a du'a, uh, telling him, you know, oh, Prophet, you know what? How should I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What should I ask him for? So uh, he came and the Prophet taught him this dua. So maybe he thought uh, this dua is, you know, it's so, so simple. Right. See, and this is the case you move for most of us. We want to look for the complex duas, the difficult duas. Right. So he came a second time and the Prophet gave him the same dua. And the third time, the same dua. And uh, well, the Prophet said, if you have afia, uh, if you are well-being, and this Asya refers to everything, you know, it's spiritual, it's physical, uh, it's got to do everything, mm-hmm. uh, whether, you know, it's even material, right. see, so if you got well-being, then what else you want, then Allah, which is pardon, if you, if you get, uh, Allah pardons all your, your wrongdoings, mm-hmm. uh, you got a ticket to paradise, right? So this dua is like, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina azabanar, you know, these short du'as, they are very meaningful du'as. So sometimes some converts, they feel, oh no, we are disadvantaged. Uh, you know, we find it difficult to read these long du'as. Others can do it, we can't do it. No, it's not the case. You see, uh, these short du'as are very meaningful. They are very comprehensive. They are from what is known as the Jawami ul Kalim of the Messenger, which means those words of the Prophet, which pack in so much meaning and significance in a few words, right? And then on top of that, we can do our du'a in any language. Mm-hmm. See, the most important thing is that when you do du'a, 
you are you know you are connected with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Uh, that you you have this uh, sense of desperation in your heart. Uh, you feel this dependence upon that you are helpless before Allah. You you are there's this humility. This there's this presence of heart and mind. And if you ask Allah, and here we are asking for goodness in the world and the hereafter, which we all aspire to, and the forgiveness, the pardon of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, then uh, this makes it a very special du'a, and that's why I chose this du'a. I think this du'a is relevant to all of us. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for sharing with us. Uh, the dua, I'm sure it's because of the significance and, and the meaning of the dua that makes it very close to your heart. Can I ask you one question about you know the dua, Ustaz? Uh, was this one of the first du'as that you learned as a, as a mu'ala? Uh, yes, one of the first du'as, yes. Uh, of course, there are different versions of it. We have the normal one, which we do it all the time, yeah. Yeah, so this all... They all revolve around the same thing. Al Afu wal Afia. Pardon and well being. Right, right. And, and, and if, if you want to learn the dua, you can start learning in English first, you know, for those who want yes. to play in Ramadan. And then, inshallah, you know, post Ramadan, we have a little bit more time. You can start learning the Arabic, uh, you know, version of the That's dua. right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. You can listen to the Arabic and transliterate it and then read it. Right. Or if even that is difficult, just read it in English. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, Allah understands all languages. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so, Ustaz, at this point of time, we are coming to the end of the podcast. Uh, you know, maybe you could share some advice with the listeners regarding Ramadan. We are maybe on the ninth or tenth night of Ramadan. Maybe you can share some advice moving forward for us who want to finish up, uh, you know, Ramadan in a very, very blessed and beneficial way. Well, uh, Ramadan, what is our understanding of a perfect fast? Well, we are not perfect, but what is our understanding of a perfect fast? The perfect fast is like you are in prayer. That is why prayer is the most significant. So in prayer, uh, we can talk, we can eat, we have to be focused. We are facing Qibla. Basically, we are facing Allah. Right. So you must be God conscious. Okay. And uh, at the same time, uh, we must control our thoughts. Uh, so that's the perfect fast. Fasting is easy. I tried fasting before I even became a Muslim. I found no problem in it. Uh, what's the key to uh, I mean the fast you know being meaningful and easy your intention make your intention and ask Allah oh Allah assist me in the fast and inshallah the fast will be easy for you Alhamdulillah thank you so much Ustaz for sharing with us we really uh, appreciate and we are grateful for your presence to you know that you're sharing with us today uh, we you know we want to wish all our listeners all the best for the remaining days of Ramadan and Inshallah, we'll get uh, Ustaz to help us end our podcast by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah Asr. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayk. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa al-asr inna nusana la fi khusr illa al-lina amanu amilu salihati wa tawasal lihaqi wa tawasal lihaqi. Alhamdulillah. So we'll see everybody in three days time for the next episode of our favorite dua. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.